0: Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World Podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet. If not, what the hell ever. So this was an episode I wanted to finally talk about that I kept teasing slash bringing up. And that was my only experience to date at a WWE event. So I'm going to be bringing you back to December 16, 2014 at the Van Andel Arena in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And like I said, to this day, it's the only time in my life where I've ever attended a WWE event. I've attended... More live shows at an indie show or indie company known as Pure Pro Wrestling than I have with WWE. One WWE show, twenty with Pure Pro Wrestling. So you can tell which one has my money and attention more. Now this night it had made event at the start, and this was a special live edition Super SmackDown, whatever the hell, for its 800th episode. So let's revisit the experience in some side notes along the way. Now around this time, SmackDown was still on Fridays. And they were preparing to go back to Thursday nights, because they had those vignettes where it's like everybody's taking those ink blot tests at a psychiatrist. Like, what do you see? Thursday, Thursday, Thursday! And Adam Rose is just like, little pretty bunnies. And it turns out the ink, the freaking doctor had the picture upside down. And everybody's just like, get ready, SmackDown's going back to Thursdays after being on Fridays since like freaking 2005. So this was a special episode coming up on Tuesday, because like I said, episode 800. Now there are two things I do remember a little bit before the show, and that was getting a couple pieces of merchandise at the stand. Sting mask, which I still have in the basement, which I still haven't used, and I also got a Dean Am- Dean Unstable Ambrose shirt, which I know I've got somewhere I haven't worn in, in quite a while. Minor things to mention. And before the show, there was a dark match, of course, and it saw Sin Cara, who was Hunico under the character, defeating Curtis Axel to get the crowd warmed up before main event. Now, the show begins on main event with Miz TV. Yay. So you got the Miz and Naomi and Mizdow, who are tag team champions at the time. The Miz is coming down with the regular belts. And Sandow, who's the, who the Sun Double, had the toy belts. They're like, hey, here's Naomi. And he's saying, well, she's a personal close friend of mine. But Naomi's just like, "A, hey, you and I are not friends. And two, you're all talk. None of your opportunities come true. But the Miz just explains that. He's like, wait a minute. I'll have you know I got you a Divas Championship match later on in SmackDown, which she's like, wait, really? Then out comes the Usos to scare Miz and Miz down away, and Jimmy warns Miz by saying a phrase that I'm most likely never going to say in my life. Stay away from my wife! And Miz is just like, Naomi, I see you, I want to see something in you, I want to see you succeed, but your husband Jimmy doesn't feel the same way. Eww. So, commentary during all this is Byron Saxon and Michael Cole, and that's a Big benefit to being there live in the crowd—you don't have to hear them—and they let us know that the main event of the broadcast will see Eric Rowan versus Kane. I know, kind of a oddball one there. So the first match that we see for main event is Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston of the New Day versus Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. We got to remember this was early on into the formation of the New Day because I think it was like Raw—I think the night before on Raw, according to what we are wrestling said at the time—they were just they hated the match of the new they had they're like no more chin locks and all that shit now one thing before i talk about this match there was one thing i remember during the show back then i had a samsung galaxy s5 for my cell phone i was taking pictures like everybody else and of course the photos turned out looking like crap and there was a little girl in front of me who was glaring at me and staring at me the whole show i think she was accusing me of like filming during the show she's like you're gonna get kicked out like, everybody else is taking pictures, like, of everything going on in the ring, all right? The show is in the ring, not here in the audience, girl, okay? Focus on what's happening on the show that your parents paid for your ticket for. But instead, she was glaring at me, the whole show which is creepy as fuck. So, it's just like, this tag match was fun, but like I said, at this point, like, the New Day had not connected with the crowd just yet, because they're just like, oh, yeah, we're positive, woohoo, yay, yeah. Like, so no real characters there. I mean, both teams had great chemistry. It's a shame Tyson Kidd and Cesaro team broke up so quickly because Kidd eventually had to retire. At the end, the New Day would get the win because Xavier Woods had, like, a pendulum backbreaker hold on uh, Tyson Kidd, almost almost looking like they're setting up for demolitions finisher. But Kofi jumped up the top rope with a diving double foot stomp, and they get the pin, so yay, New Day wins. Woo-hoo! I mean, the crowd gave them some reaction along the way, but it's not as strong as what we would get later on when they later on reinvented themselves. Now backstage, after the commercial, Paige is observing Eric Rowan with a chess board. And Titus O'Neil comes in, he's like, Man, Eric Rowan, you're an idiot! And compared to me, you're nothing, because I have a high school or college education. So Rowan's like, You You think you're smart? Come play chess with me. Alright, so they reset the board. Titus O'Neil grabs the king and just shoves it more towards the middle of the board. He's like, King me! You heard me? King me! Oh man, this is bullshit! And just knocks all the pieces off, most of the pieces off the board. Because he doesn't know the difference between checkers and chess. Yeah, he's claiming you're book smart and street smart, Yeah, you don't know the difference between checkers and chess. It's <laughs> whatever. And backstage after another commercial, Naomi comes up to the Miz, Miz Dow, she apologizes for what happened earlier. Miz says that, hey, while your title shot is set in stone, your future in Hollywood isn't, as long as your husband is still out of control. So they say hey, something's still set. And that's number two, Emma, who is still doing that dancing thing, which I... I hated versus Paige crowd didn't really care for Emma she got through her the whole entrance during the commercial break treatment and Paige we all cheered for her basically even though she was technically a heel at the time and early on I remember this vividly Emma spanked Paige on the ass and left a handprint on there <laughs> which is just like geez, how hard did you slap her and of, but of course Paige won with the PTO yay now at some point during the show I remember this. I don't think they showed it on TV. If they did, they probably took it out of the network. But they advertised saying, hey, during SmackDown, Roman Reigns is going to be having his return match. And I I can tell so vividly they are playing loud, like, cheer sounds over the speaker system. Because I can tell from being there in the audience, we are not being that loud, being like, yay, Roman, woohoo, we love him. Because, I mean, the guy had just come back and he screwed up his promo at TLC about being in the Royal Rumble match. But, what? <laughs> magic of SmackDown. Now, main event comes, we got Kane versus Eric Rowan, and Titus O'Neil was at the commentary team. Not a memorable match, all I remember was that, at the end, Kane and Eric Rowan are battling at ringside by the commentary team, and Kane, he's at the commentary table, like, getting hit, and they got two, like, drink containers there on the table, and Kane gets knocked into the containers, and all the liquid gets all over Titus O'Neil's suit, they're like, man, you owe me $200 for this suit, I'll send you the dry cleaning bill. The both man gets back in the ring, choke slammed Eric Ron, Kane wins, woohoo! Now then, Super SmackDown comes afterwards, and Byron Saxon's out, gets replaced by Tom Phillips and JBL at the commentary team, and I think, I don't think the crowd really cared about Tom Phillips. People kind of cheered for JBL, yay, woohoo, woo-hoo Maggle. So, Super SmackDown in Grand Rapids, Van Andel Arena, and we start up with Roman Reigns versus Fandango. With Mondongo under his salsa dancer gimmick with Rosa Mendez instead of the whole d- stuff. And expected, Roman wins after the Superman punch on the spear. Now, afterwards, they announced that later on they're going to see Ryback versus Seth Rollins on the evening, and we're also going to see Dean Ambrose cut a promo in the ring. I thought that was going to be a little later on. Because they were just like, hey, that's going to happen tonight. Well, after the commercial break. We get the Dean Ambrose promo. He's in the ring at 48 hours after the TLC match disaster against Bray Wyatt. If you've seen the match, you know what I'm talking about. He's cutting a promo, still going on about their feud. Bray Wyatt's on the Titan Tron. He's cutting a promo back. And one thing I remember, even back then, they were still doing the Firefly lights and everything from everybody's cell phones. There's some kid in the one of the roles behind the commentary table. He didn't have a cell phone flashlight, light in, so he pulled out his 3DS and had those screens lit up, just being like, Hey, I'm participating too! (laughs) Yeah, whatever. And then during the commercial break, Dean said he's not leaving until he has a fight right there in Grand Rapids. So I explained to my uncle that means, hey, we're going to get something for the show, like, after the show's done for Dark Match. He didn't understand the concept of sending the crowd home happy. I tried to explain to him, it's like, you want to do that to make the crowd have a happy experience so that they have a reason to come back later on. Next time to come to the town, but it he just doesn't understand it yet. Now the first official match, SmackDown. The Usos and Eric Rowan versus the Miz, Damian Mizdow, and Luke Harper. Crowd wasn't really vocally active for Eric Rowan this time, because we just saw him have a match on at the end of main event. So seeing him twice in one night. Now we all did have a laugh, kind of, yeah, because The Miz, when he got in the ring, he eventually got clotheslined over the top to the outside, and Mizdow jumped in the ring and launched himself out of the ring. <laughs> okay, yeah. The Miz, even he refused in the match to tag in Mizdow because we all wanted to see Mizdow get in the ring, and on commentary, they know it's saying, hey, he, felt he refused to tag in somebody that's more popular than him, more popular than the star. Well, at the end, thankfully, the Face Team won after The Usos got a double superkick on The Miz, and Eric Rowan went to the top rope and got a splash for the pin. Hmm. Kind of surprising there, even though Rowan never really had single success in WWE after this. Well, after the commercial break, Jimmy also finds Naomi backstage where she's warming up for a match, and Jimmy apologizes, saying, I'm sorry for getting heated during the main event. And, uh, like, I want to be a ringside cheery cheer But Naomi's just like, no, I need to do this on my own. They're like, okay, cool. And they do this weird couple handshake. You don't do that when you're a couple. You make out, okay? Don't do that. Now we were supposed to next up see Seth Rollins versus Ryback for the next match, but during Ryback's entrance, he gets attacked by Rusev, who super kicks him off the stage, and then they're both in that kind of aisle way on the side next to the stage, where there's kind of that opening there, and super kicked Ryback over an anvil case. So Rusev, the United States Champion, takes out Ryback, which means Seth Rollins has no opponent. And Seth is like, see, without the authority here, this place is a madhouse. But hey, my opponent's incapacitated. I can take the night off. So he's probably going to leave with J&J Security, and then out comes Dolph Ziggler, the Intercontinental Champion. He's like, hey, now that the authority's out of power, you can use them to get what you want, and you're pretty much contractually obligated to compete tonight. So it's like, hey, why don't you face me? And Seth agrees. And a fun note, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll probably see this. I'll try to remember to put this on the screen. It was during this segment when Ziegler and Seth are talking and everything, I saw myself in the crowd back when I had the toy spinner belt from my early days on YouTube before I eventually upgraded to the replica belt around 2015, 2016. So it's like, yeah, that was actually a fun thing. We saw that on TV because my aunt, uh, she recorded on her TiVo while they were like while we were away, and we watched the show back, like fast forward, and we saw myself in the audience. We are like, yeah, sweet. Now, we also get, right after this, we get a quick promo saying the Ascension's gonna debut on the main roster soon. Yeah, we all know how that went. Now, next up, Naomi gets her Divas Championship match against the defending champion, Nikki Bello, who had just won the championship, I think, at, like, Survivor Series in a squash match, because it was surprising. And i admit, Nikki Bell Nikki Bello looked good on this night, even if I didn't care for this match. Match is going on, the Miz comes down to ringside, he's trying to cheer on Naomi, like, come on, win! But then Jimmy comes out, he's like, hey, stay away from my wife, and starts fighting with the Miz to send him up the ramp. That's enough of a distraction on Naomi to where she tries getting back in the ring, and Nikki gets a roll-up. It was either a small package or inside cradle, I can't tell the difference between the two, to get the win and retain the belt. Hell oh well. Didn't need to care about that. Now! These next parts I remember very vividly, because the next part match was Adam Rose versus Kane. And this was back when Adam Rose had the bunny, which I was sick of. And I remember tweeting during this time, I was just like, hey, if I bring a box of trick cereal to SmackDown, will it make the rabbit go away? I wish. So, not surprisingly, Kane easily beat Adam Rose with a chokeslam. Then Kane, he was going up the ramp, trying to go up the ramp and passing the Rose Buds or Rose Bush, whatever the hell. And he sees the rabbit, who's in a neck brace, and he uh, tombstones the rabbit back in the ring. Yay, thank you, Kane. And I even remember YouTube actually had a video of this, of something around this earlier in the night. They had the backstage, quick backstage video showing Ryback getting helped to the back by referees. And in the background, I know they re-uploaded this, seg- this segment while editing part of it out. You could see who was in the rabbit suit for this whole thing. And it was Hunico. Hunico, no joke, was in that rabbit suit. So that means three men were playing double duty in terms of matches on this night. Unico under Sinkara for the dark match before main event, and then he's in the rabbit suit. Yeah, Kane in the main event of main event, and then this match against Adam Rose. And then Eric Rowan, who's in the main event of main event, and a part of the six-man tag match. So, three men were pretty busy doing double duty here with all this stuff. Oh yeah, then after this, Goldus and Stardust have a backstage Christmas promo. Ho ho. And Goldus, he's got this Santa hat on, bah humbug. And he's trying to say he hey hey, hey, it's the holiday season, so he's bring back some of his Tourette's Syndrome character that he had in 2003 after getting electrocuted by Evolution. Yay, the nostalgia there. Now, after this backstage, Renee is interviewing Seth Rollins, and she accuses him of orchestrating Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar from the night before to get them to attack Chris Jericho and John Cena. And Seth is like, I had to do what I have to do, because I want to make John Cena's life miserable, as well as everybody else's, until John Cena brings back the authority. Yeah, that was his whole motive, because they... remember. They had the old stipulation that when the Authority lost to Team Cena at Survivor Series, it was ruled by Vince that only Cena has the power to bring the Authority back, and we all know how long that took. Now you get to the main event of SmackDown: Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins, the Intercontinental Champion versus Mr. Money in Bank in a non-title match. This was a great overall match. I really liked it, and of course Ziggler got the win after J.J. Security got ejected from ringside, and that distraction long enough helped. Ziggler capitalized on Rollins with a zigzag for the win. So another second match on the night where a distraction causes a defeat. And there was an odd note that I remember here seeing in the crowd, and then also later replaying. There was a guy in the audience who had a sign that says "No gimmicks needed," and he got like his Twitter handle underneath it. He kept raising it a few times during the show, which a lot of people with signs do. And a few minutes before the show officially finished, he got his sign confiscated by com- by security. And I even looked on social media not too long ago. I didn't realize until I looked it up that I actually have this guy on Facebook. I can't remember his actual name, but I I saw that, and I was just like, oh, shit. Although I don't think he's, he's uh, active on Twitter anymore. So that was all SmackDown, but then you get the post show. And I touched on this on the episode where I talked about Bray Wyatt's career. The dark match after SmackDown. Bray Wyatt versus Dean Ambrose. Short match? Because, of course, why would they do a full-fledged... Big five-star match or anything after... In a dark match or anything. At the end, Bray Wyatt got himself disqualified for using a kendo stick on Dean Ambrose. But Ambrose got the kendo stick away. Wailed on Bray Wyatt a few times. Got him Brett's rope. Aimed down him at him with the candlestick like a sniper rifle. Hit him one more time in the head. That's him, Bray Wyatt's the back. And Ambrose high-fived everybody at ringside. He even signed somebody's... Like, Dean Ambrose signed with a marker, so... You got an autograph there. And that was all SmackDown. See, so, yeah, overall, this was a fun night. Really fun night, even if the tickets were kind of expensive. Like, I don't remember exactly where I sat, but I knew you know, from the photos, I sat pretty well close to the ring and everything. But, I mean, yeah, it was a fun night, but I still, I personally still have more fun at, like, indie shows and everything. Because M- maybe, like, it's an easier price. And plus, like, I feel like I'm more welcome at those shows compared to WWE because that was was quite a drive to get to the arena there, especially in a crowded town like that. But, I mean, it was fun. I mean, maybe I'll do it again someday. I know it's been like nine years since I've been to a WWE show, but but for me personally, I still have more fun with indie shows compared to WWE. So, anyway, let me know what you thought in the comment section below. And also, do you, any of y'all have any stories about any WWE shows that you've been to, whether it's been one or a boatload? Let me know in the comment section below. If you enjoyed today's episode, folks, please remember, leave a like, subscribe to the bell turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube or follow if you're listening to this podcast on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out. Good day, everybody. And thank you, Kane, for tombstoning the rabbit.